the B2B Messaging Podcast by Winter. Welcome back to the B2B Messaging Podcast. Today we have Tiziana Barrow, Product Marketing Leader. Tiziana, thanks so much for being on. Thank you. Thank you for, for you know, for reaching out and making the time to, to talk with me. Thank you, Danny. Absolutely. It's a pleasure. So let's get to know you a little bit better. How did you end up in product marketing and why did you choose this path? I don't know if I chose the path of the path chose me. So I actually came into marketing via technical support. So somewhat of a technical background, um, ended up falling in love with market research, um, analyst relations, competitive intelligence, and then did demand generations for a while. So I kind of really built the foundational pillars that actually are product marketing. And so, um, it, you, you know, it was just like a natural sweet spot for me. In your experience, how is messaging done? The foundations of messaging, it's really, you know, the buyer persona and the ideal customer profile, the, the ICP. In most companies, it, you know, I think the concept of product messaging and positioning really started in 1972. So it's been going around for a quite long time. And, you know, it's it's interesting. I think that the process over the years has completely evolved. And uh, but. So depending on the size of the companies, what I've experienced is that a, a, a lot of them will go to advertising agency, really thinking that you need to like hire an external source. But, I, you know, to be quite honest, it, I have seen it done it internally as well. I've experienced doing it internally and I've been part of the process and guiding some of the process. And I think that that's really a lot more powerful because it really, when you're ready to go and execute that messaging, you have already built a lot of the buy-in from the organizations that you have to involve, like sales, like product, like marketing, the customer success people, you know, those are your ends and feet on the street that actually speak with the customers. And so personally, I, you know, it's a little bit of a longer process internally, probably, but I personally think that it's, it's a really, it gains a lot more momentum when it's homemade. Taking that into consideration, who do you think is responsible to come up with those key messages to be sent out to the market? Definitely the, you know, the, the, the go-to-market team with product marketing being a foundational piece of, of that depending on the maturity of the organizations and, the, you know, and how long they've had a product marketing organization. Because oftentimes product marketing is almost like an afterthought layer. And so <laughs> that's really, is going to dictate, you know, who, who is going to drive the, the messaging. And then there is like company level messages and there is product level messaging. Product level messaging, absolutely product marketing owns it. You know, company level messaging, it's more of a broader effort. Now, oftentimes the product marketing creates it and, and you know, sales and management are the two key you know first round of acceptance <laughs> let's just say you know you, you can't you know you've got to have the internal buy-in so with the different teams who do you think it should fall upon to take that messaging and turn it into website copy yeah so that, that's really interesting you know the the product marketing team usually provides 
the messaging and and the messaging house document really right so if the messaging is really well articulated and it's you know in a messaging house then it's a lot easier for all counterparts to be able to kind of extrapolate from it and and you know there is web copy there is landing page copies there is and you know so it's a close collaborations between the product marketing team and the web team or the content team again i think it really depends on the size of their organizations and how many different layers do you have a content team and so the content and the product team will work very closely and then the content team works very closely with the web team so it really depends on the size of the organizations sometimes they're all a one-man person <laughs> so how do you know that your messaging is working well, I think before you even get there, I think that there is some possibility for doing some A-B testing with the landing pages and the emails, right? You definitely, like, it's funnel velocity. How is the message landing where your BDR or your salespeople are pitching? I mean, does it resonate? Does it land? You know, you could possibly have a custom advisory board, you know, which you can ask them for feedback you know, to, to really see if that language, that message, that positioning is actually resonating with them. And then, you know, you can also pay for having focus groups to have some initial reactions. I mean, at the end of the day, the, the messaging really needs to, I can't even say in any other ways, it just needs to land, it needs to resonate, it needs to have perception like you know the 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 mind of of the prospect needs to be able to make the associations of what you are bringing to market and what they are familiar with so you've brought up different stakeholders to help validate your messaging do you have any metrics that you follow that help you guide your way so it's more qualitative than quantitative, right? I mean, I mean, you can definitely look at A-B testing, email A-B testing. That's going to give you right, right away the metrics. The same thing with the landing pages. That's going to give you right away the metrics, right? So you can run some specific campaigns to test the new message and the new goal to market messaging. And so, I mean, yeah, absolutely. There is definitely like metrics associated to see. Funnel velocity is another one. You know, it's like how fast like can you go from an introductory call to having a demo you you know does the message land i mean that is a big piece of the puzzle it's like if they can resonate with what you are positioning in the marketplace they'll move to demo rather fast if not you're gonna have to have two or three conversations so it sounds like the majority of what you're saying are things that are continual processes are there any continuing or ongoing activities to help you optimize your messaging? The corporate message or the company-wide message, right? It, it really, you can't change that every every month or, you know, so it's probably, it's like if you're going to go with one message, it's probably going to stay for, I want to say a year or two, right? But product messaging, because we release code, like, you know, the software as a service, I mean, most companies release code anywhere between, you know, six weeks to 12 weeks or, you know, once a quarter. And so it really depends how fast you release code and is how much new feature functions, you know, does it actually make you enter a new market? And does it call for a new positioning? It, you know, so so it's 
I will absolutely say that there is a number of different variables that will have me answer your questions. I don't think that there is like, you know, you need to like test your messaging every single month. But the way we are currently producing codes, the fast speed of, you know, it really calls for keeping the messaging fresh. So you you brought up the the company messaging you're probably going to stick with for a longer period of time. And depending on how often you're bringing up new features or product updates, you're going to shift the messaging. But what is the ideal in your experience sequence or the, what's the the optimal timing to make updates or changes to your messaging or positioning? Yeah. So any, you know, the market, new offering, new competitors, it's really, so personally, I think you need to have a look at it almost on a quarterly basis. Uh, You know, it's the buyer personas as well. There is shifting the economies, you know, there is so many different variables that you need to kind of keep really close look at those metrics and how are they performing, you know, and, and you do need to look at the, the market, the competition. It's, it's a constant process. So taking a little bit more personally for you, is there a product or a specific launch or company that you had the most fun working on messaging? Yeah, so interesting. So in Teros, I I worked with them and they had the overall messaging where we needed to really kind of distill out the benefits and the value. And so it took me uh, quite some time, like the benefit of of hiring an external company is that like that is their dedicated job right in my case I was internal and so and sometimes when there is more than people more than five people involved you know you're gonna have to plan it out two weeks out you know in order you know and then the one hour it doesn't really cut it so you need to have at least a couple of like you know one and a half to two hour sessions so as you know so that's really where I had the most fun creating the the messaging, really. And I think it really kind of translated and fed every single piece of collateral that then was created from there. But um, when I will have involved with an external agency, I will have had to do a lot of the internal buy-in to be able to execute on that. Instead, because the counterparts were involved, meaning sales, the CSM products, the revenue engine team, revenue ops, they were all really aligned and ready to go out the gate once we completed that process. In your experience, what does it take to become great at crafting messaging? What do you think is needed? Yeah, I think that the team effort, it's, it's essential. Being a great listener. Because there is oftentimes, I call them words unspoken. Oftentimes people, you know, cannot necessarily express what's there for them. <laughs> and so there is, and that's why I'm saying it's like the words unspoken, right? But, you know, and, and so, you, and, and so in interviewing existing customer in shadowing BDR calls, you know, you need to really put on your thinking cap of, it's like, okay, what is in that space that is not being spoken and yet that there is a mental associations with it. You know, like if you 
were to create a brand new fast car, you wouldn't call it turtle. You know, because out of the gate, you know, that, you know, <laughs> the association exists in the prospect mind. So, you know, so definitely, so listening for what's unsaid and what's already there, I think it's really uncovers what needs to be spoken and with precision. Where do you think people can go to learn this? Are there specific places and are there any other specific things that they should learn? You said listening, but where do you learn to listen? <laughs> well, there is definitely a lot. Yeah, I mean, we're definitely an overly communicated, you know, society, you know, so, so I mean, that definitely makes for a pretty challenging time. One of my books that I've listened and I've listened to it again and I couldn't recommend enough it's old it's got some old examples but it's called positioning the battle for your mind I think that you know the two author really coined the name in 1972 so and it's just really insightful and I think that that's probably one of the best books out there. There is other books out there that definitely, you know, are going to, to listen to an Audible and whatnot. But I think start with that. And then also storytelling. I mean, that it's, you know, positioning. It's it's also storytelling. So, so, so being able to kind of marrying those two, I think, makes for a good... I wouldn't call it great, right? Because it's like we're constantly... <laughs> it's like this concept of perfectionism is great <laughs> you know but a, a great message or a great message is something that lands you know something that it's like huh and that's why I'm saying speaking the unspoken because it's that mental association is already existent in the prospect's mind. So being able to, to just kind of make that association and speaking that or like capturing that, it's priceless. Tiziana, thank you so much for being here today. Do you have any parting words of advice that you want to share? Any tips that you think have helped you? So it's definitely a, a process. And so I think it's... I think it's needed to, and it's an iterative process. So it needs to kind of like, it can be discouraging sometimes because it feels like you're not making progress, but the conversations are important. The, you know, the, the ability to navigate on the conflict or on the passions is, is key. So I just want to say, you know, just don't get discouraged that, you know, similar to salespeople, they never stop at the no, right? They never stop at the no. It's like, okay, not now. So, you know, take a pose, <laughs> get back to the drawing board, maybe a week from now, maybe two weeks from now, and find what is behind their no. Find, you know, almost it's like what they're fighting for. It's like, what is it that they're so passionate about? You know, let them really kind of extrapolate that and verbalize that so that you can kind of fuel your quest for finding the messaging with that passion. So, yeah, it can be discouraging. But I'm saying it's like, don't let that discourage you. Let that actually help you. You know, if you think of Tai Chi with the energy, <laughs> you know, 
just channel that energy. <laughs> well, again, Tiziana Barrow, product marketing leader. Thank you so much for being here. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It was, it was fun to talk about something that I'm really passionate about. It was great to hear you. This is B2B Messaging Podcast. We'll see you next time.